Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, one and all. This is Baka Bites, a show where we talk about what we are watching this week in anime. I am your host, Frank Furter, and with me today is our meager applause, magically average. It's been two weeks, buddy. It has been. How you doing? Yeah, it's been two weeks. I've been doing good. It's been a, it's been a meager two weeks. I know. Uh-huh. Oh. Ripping it back into the name. See what I did there. I see what you did. Yes, I did. That's no, been good. So, it's been uh, kind of, I don't know. It's been like a melancholy Monday, I'll say. A little bit, Ooh, little bit melancholy with the shows. Well, it's just because of the shows. I'm fine. I get a short, you know, we got a short work week here in the United States, thankfully. Yeah. But uh, yeah, our shows were a little, little sad this week. At least one. Well. Which which one? Well, I mean, what do you what do you got on the plate for us today? I've got the usual suspects. We got Senpai is annoying, Maruko Chan. Mushuko Tensei and Komi. Okay, so I'm way behind. Uh, I will be you and I will be talking about Komi. That'll be our main show that we talk about. However, I watched the entirety of Cowboy Bebop's live action uh, show on Netflix, so that is what I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to like before I hop into all of that, and I will try and keep it as spoiler free as I can because I know that it just came out. And it's 10 episodes at like 50 minutes a piece. So, again, I will try and keep that as spoiler free as I can. But uh, why don't you, why don't you, I want to hear about Mirak- uh, Mi- Mi- Miroku chan. God, I can never say that show. I yeah. want to hear about it. It's been a couple of weeks since we, uh, you've actually talked about it. So, give it to me. Let me, what do we got? Uh, it is the sad episode of the week. It, the tone has changed. Oh, I, I really went sad. I, I picked the sad one. Yeah, you picked the sad one. The tone's changed, though, but it's it's for the best, though, I think. I, I like the direction that it's going. Okay. Because you're finally getting more deep into 
Miko and her powers, and then her finally sort of realizing and grasping the fact that maybe she can do something positive with this. Because she's already done it in the past. We had a few examples with the stray kitten, where she basically said no to this one dude that had like a whole bunch of dead uh, cat spirits plaguing him, and then this very rough and tough looking dude who had two more like angelic cats following him and she's like that one so we've seen like her be able to grasp sort of like the extent of her powers and and figure out you know i can actually do good in some capacity with this we haven't gotten so far as to like exercising demons and spirits until now right yeah yeah well, but there's like a little, like put an asterisk, there's like a caveat to it, but I'll get into it. So to go two episodes back, the, her name is Yuli, I think. It's the girl who I, I totally mischaracterized her, by the way. Originally, I said that she was the granddaughter of like this local markets, what everyone called her the grandmother, basically. But she was like a peddler who would scam a lot of people into like believing fortunes and all right, these right, right, right. buying like goods that she said were imbued with power and and all this junk. I thought she Yulia, who is the colorful cotton candy haired girl, was her granddaughter. I lied. The grandmother just said in one episode, and I'm actually reading the manga too. Um, she just said like she has a granddaughter with this, but it's not Yulia because when. We get into the deeper part of it, like Yulia sort of fantasizes about the grandmother, like as like a sensei sort of, like a teacher that she just can never become her pupil, and so she's grieving about that because the gr- grandmother just like upped and left town. She's like, I'm gonna call it when this one girl comes in and destroys half my products because she's basically a walking spirit magnet. She's like, I, I think I'm good, so. Something that strong lives in this neighborhood. I should probably get out of town and just not fuck with this anymore. Basically, which is a good idea. Or at least not fuck with this here. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it was a good idea on her part because in the two episodes ago, Yulias decides, okay, well, I'm going to test how powerful Miko is. Granted, like, <laughs> her character is hilarious because she always over-exaggerates or misinterprets her... I guess, relation with Miko and Miko's mannerisms, which is perfectly displayed in this episode. So Yulia's like, all right, I'm going to test Miko's powers because she drove away the grandmother. She's got to be some clearly powerful divine person who's able to like scare off the one like spirit seeing exorcist powerful being in the market area. Like there's got to be something with her. So she's like, all right, I'm going to lure Hannah and Miko to what's wildly known as like a very, very haunted tunnel. It's like nothing too crazy. Like she's like, oh, uh, I see Hannah, like you're into photography. Well, there's a great spot in a location I know. Let's go. And she's like, all right, we're going to go into the tunnel and we're going to see just how powerful she is. And of course, there's like a ton of spirits there and they're all like the creepy same ones that we normally see. There's like the little tiny guys, there's the bigger things. Like nothing too horrifying, but you know, it's same old, same old. Yulia sees them all, so does Miko. Hannah doesn't see shit, which is standard. But then 
as usual, another one shows up that, again, Yulia can't see, but Miko does. So this one is like this weird sort of, I guess it's supposed to be like a hermit crab. It's holding like this big uh, gasoline, uh, what is it called? Like not like a can, but uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Like the, one of those big like gas. Gas like barrels? Yeah, thank you. Like a Yeah, like a barrel. And it's... You're missing the word barrel. Yeah, I just kept thinking of can. Leave me alone. It's a Monday. I love you. <laughs> Go on. And it start. It kind of crawls out of the wall, and it starts eating. Yeah, I guess eating the spirits. So Miko's, like, standing horrified, and these spirits start disappearing, Yulia, but Yulia can't see what's causing it. So she just assumes, oh, Miko's, like, using... On like like non-cantation spells to exercise these things and just by pointing. Meanwhile, Miko's just trying to point like, let's get out of here, please. Because this thing is just eating them all. So she finally like, she realizes too that Yulia can't see it. So she's like, okay, how am I going to get us, how am I going to get us both out of here? And she's like, all right, I will just, I think she just starts like hugging them. Or like, she, oh no, she goes, Hannah, there's a spider. And spider, and Hannah freaks out. And then they all start hugging and they're like, yeah, let's get out of here. And then they leave. And it's like, okay, cool. I guess that's over. So then later on, they go to a temple. And I might've got these two pieces mixed up, but it is what it is. But they, it was just Hannah and Miko go to a temple. Cause Miko reads like, there's a temple that's very powerful well known to like drive off evil spirits and she's like okay maybe this will be good right because at some point during their travels like hannah attracts this very creepy looking spirit and like as they're going along to the temple like it starts to grow more they're like this is weird and they get there and <laughs> they all make they both make a wish and hannah's like i i wish to eat yummy yummy food okay pretty simplistic but you know for hannah it's pretty good and then mika's like for the love of God, just please drive away the spear that's been following us. Like, sweet Jesus, help. The next thing that happens is this huge gust of wind comes in, and we see these two yellow wolf spirits of some kind come out. And they start fighting with the evil spirit. And, like, driving it away, and Mika's watching, and she's like, what is happening? What's going on here? And she's like trying to like interpret what's happening she's afraid that they're both evil things well meanwhile the wolf creatures are actually trying to help drive it away they think that they've won miko's like oh cool they're actually like killing it nope evil spirit actually like eats them she's like well this isn't good and then from out of nowhere this giant wolf spirit comes out and then just eats that one right as hannah's like let's take a picture and in the picture in the background is just like the bottom half of the evil spirit inside the mouth of the big wolf spirit. And Miko's like, can't look at that picture ever again. So thanks. Nope. Never again. Burn it with fire. Take it off, but take it off the wall. Burn it with fire. <laughs> the most interesting thing that happens though, is that the spirit goes up to Miko. Cause I think they, it, it realizes that she can see them and it like kind of points at her, like touches the top of her head and just says three this whole time it had been speaking in a different language to the other smaller wolf spirits, but then it just goes three and then disappears. Well, later on, and I realized I did get it confused, the two wolf spirits help out. How dare you? I know. It's, it was two weeks ago. Sue me. 
the two wolf spirits yep. actually come out in the tunnel and help drive away the weird hermit gasoline barrel crab thing. And then they just point like one finger at her and then disappear. So she's like, oh, okay, so I have basically a safety net. Sort of. This is kind of cool. So that's episode, the two weeks ago's episode. This most recent episode is the sad episode. Lots of emotions. Oh, I thought we were at the sad episode. No, no, this one's way more sad. So it starts off normal. There's weird spirits. They're, she's shopping with her younger brother to get her mom a present. And they're in the dressing room and she's sees one of the spirits that's supposed to be like a sales rep and it's like you look really pretty and she's like "Mm. Mm. i'm gonna wear this dress out and they're like isn't that for your mom she's like yes let's go so like okay starting off strong and then we see that she gets her mom like these two lovers mugs and she her mom pours one for herself and one for her dad who passed away we found out a couple episodes ago and she sets it in front of his shrine, and I'm like, hmm, sad. No, it gets worse from there. So then they're at school, and they're saying goodbye to a teacher because their teacher's going on maternity leave, and they're talking about the baby, and Hannah's like, you know, we'll, you know, we'll take care of the baby and everything, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, Miko's seeing this weird figureless spirit, I guess, so to speak. Like, it doesn't really have, like, a defined... Sure. It doesn't have any defined features. It's just some essence kind of floating around her teacher, and it keeps touch... Just a blob. Yeah. But it keeps, like, going near her teacher's stomach, and Miko's freaking out, like, is this, like, an evil sort of... Like, is this a bad omen? Is it an evil spirit? So Miko just freaks out, and she's like, hey, before you leave, like, just be careful around stairs and don't carry anything heavy, and just just be really careful. And her teacher goes, you know, oh... I will. Thanks. We're going to be much more careful this time around. And they both were like, this time? She's like, yeah, uh, we were pregnant before and uh, the baby didn't make it. And it was a boy. And then just as... I don't like where this is going. Well, and just as the teacher says that, the spirit, like, turns into, like, a small little, like, baby hand and, like, touches the stomach and then touches her mom's finger. And then it does, like, the sort of, like, evaporation into like particle effect into the air and Miko's just like and meanwhile I'm sitting there like hold it in so it was nice and sad but there like it it clicked in her finally like she actually speaks it and it was like okay so there are like good spirits and there are bad spirits and then she even as she leaves school she's like I wonder if I should like acknowledge them and help them like, rather than ignoring them or pretending like they're not there, like, maybe I should actually figure out if something's wrong and, like, help them go to the afterlife. But then it all switches around because she sees this horrible tentacle creature monster spewing ewes out of its face, sucking on a vending machine. She's like, but maybe we start that tomorrow because I can't help this one. This one's a lost cause. So, <laughs> it's, she's slowly learning. It's only taken seven episodes, but she's slowly learning. Just a wee bit, just a little. It's, uh, find out. Yeah. But other than that, but everything else has been progressing really nicely. My top show is still My Senpai is Annoying because it's one of the few slice of life's too where they can make what is seemingly a very simplistic plot line for an episode seem very, very, very intricate and like 
make it very meaningful and impactful, which is super cool. Like, mm. like, has there been like any, I know like it's, it's a slice of life and everything, but has there been any major developments in the, uh, I guess relationship or just, is it bit kind of like not necessarily nonsensical episodes, but like kind of just, uh, filler episodes with just a little tiny sprinkle of plot that's it's so hard to interpret because i don't know if their direction is to like establish a relationship between futaba and takeda so like the kohai and the senpai like i don't know if that's their intention they're obviously hinting at it because like futaba really likes takeda but he is so oblivious to like any sort of flirtatious interactions that he just assumes like she's just being her so it's kind of like kind of hard it's 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 cute banter i like the back and forth but i don't think at least my impression as the viewer is like they're not aiming to like try to see if she'll ever get in a relationship with him it's like more about the relationships of other characters honestly and then how she learns from them and uses it to try to see if like she can finally get takeda to like notice i guess that she's attracted to him so but uh, let me see i don't even know if i remember what the episode was for two weeks ago i think it's it was about white day which i believe is the i don't know if it's i don't know if we, we don't celebrate that in america it's it's the week oh, after valentine's the, day it's supposed to be like it's the month it's the month after valentine's day is it the day. month I'm pretty sure it's the month after Valentine's Day where the guy is supposed to reciprocate like yay or nay of like their gift from Valentine's Day from the girls. Yes. I believe is what that is. Yes, in essence. So like, yeah, because how they portrayed it in Japan, at least in the show, is that like Valentine's Day, you give the person that you like chocolates or some sort of like candy gift of some kind. And then White Day is where that person is supposed to reciprocate or at least show their affection towards the person that gave them the chocolate. I forget I forget what show it was or if it was a movie that I watched, but they kind of like they did they showed what White Day was and really oh wait, maybe it was maybe it was Toradora. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they did, like, there was a show that did a White Day episode, and, like, I kind of, like, really dug deep into what the heck White Day was, <laughs> and basically, like, if the girls give you this or that, they mean this or that, and then if a guy gives you X in return, it really makes a difference as to what you're given, so it's it's a pretty neat holiday. I actually kind of enjoy it, but it I looked it up. It is a month. I think that's it's so weird that it's a month. But then again, feelings do change like pretty quickly or can yeah. change pretty quickly, especially when you're young. So I think it's kind of a cool holiday, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. It, it was interesting to see how they played it out too. Cause again, it's all takes place in an office setting. So it was funny to see how they did the office interactions with both Valentine's day and white day. And then the out of office and interpersonal reactions between the characters and how those relationships have developed. So that was sort of the crux of that episode. Obviously, Futaba makes homemade chocolate, gives 
some to Takeda. Takeda's like, ooh, cool, homemade chocolates. He's like, I wish you would cook for me more. Like that time you were sick and I went over to your house. And she's like, shut the, you are so naive and oblivious. Please stop talking. Stop. So this last episode, it is sort of split between the her best friend, Natsumi, from junior high, learning more about her past and her relationship with Futaba, which is, again, like something very basic, but built out in the episode and how they go about telling the story is like really well done. So like it starts with... The episode just starts with a younger Natsumi running track during the competition. No, sports festival, I think, at elementary schools in Japan. I think it's called sports festival. It's like a whole day of sporting events. And she's running track. She's about to win in the relay and gets tripped by this kid who she's about to pass. And so basically you learn like from that point moving forward, she's hated running track and field, like hates it. So then it's goes into the present day and they're eating with one of her coworkers and one of, and the coworkers younger brother and Natsumi is picking on Futaba and they're like, he, the younger brother goes, you know, I can tell that you guys are really good friends. Like, how did you guys meet? Tell me the story. And so they, Futaba goes and says like, well, she was kind of a jerk to me at first. I was lost and she ran away from me when I was trying to get directions from her to the, the junior high. And then when she agreed, she, led me to an arcade because she was ditching school that day and I was super, super late. And then you're like, ha ha ha, that's funny. And then they're like, but we are also very serious at times. And I was like, "Uh oh, and it goes to this whole deep dive about how not, uh, Natsumi was not going to join a club at school. And I, cause I think you're supposed to join at least one, at least that's how they were setting it up to be. And Futaba was going to join the art club. And Natsumi was like, no, I, I think I'm just going to skip, ditch, go to the arcade. And Futaba's like, well, why don't you just do track and field? She's like, no, I don't do that anymore. And Futaba's like, well, do you not do it because of something from your past? Or do you not do it because you don't like it? And she's like, well, just, you know, I don't. It's something that has scarred me and, and something that happened in my past that makes it hard. And she's like, well, but it, even if you're not good at it anymore, or even if like people think you're not good at it, so long as you like it, that's all that matters. And that's who's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Maybe I'll take you up on that. And then we learned that Futaba sucked at drawing. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but then, well, it, it, the, the sort of twist of it was like Futaba in present day is really good at drawing. Like she has all these little doodles around and like kind of cute art. But back then was God awful at it. So she joined the art club and she's like drawing in class. And these two like little dickheads, like, what are you drawing? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, nothing. Just give me my sketchbook back. And she's super, super short even then. So they're like able to snatch it from her and keep it away. And they're like, what the hell did you draw? And she's like, it's a bear. And they're like, no, that's a pig. That's actually not even a pig. That looks like just circles and dots. And they're like laughing at her. And she's like, well, I really want to join the art club. And they're like, uh, not with this. You can't. Natsumi comes in like a superhero and like punches the kid. It's like, stop picking on her. Give it back. And he's like, fuck, fine. God. Like, right up just dukes him. Well, at first she kicks a, a, the chair, the, the desk out from underneath the kid that he was leaning on. 
So he like falls. And she like super cool, like snatches the book from the air as he's falling and the kid falls. And he's like, what the hell? And then he says something else like, oh, you know, oh, you're crying. That's so pathetic. And like, you're gonna have your friend come in. And that's when she like Superman punches, like jumps up in the air and just socks him. So, uh, but it was cool to like fun to see how the relationship started and sort of backstory into like why they are today. Like Natsumi is, is running track all the time, just does it cause she likes it. And it was basically because of what Futaba told her nice. and Futaba draws and continues, draw, continues to draw today and has gotten progressively better at it because of what Natsumi did. So there's like all that cute stuff. Then there's the work event because it's the end of the cherry blossom season, I think. And they're doing a big celebration. And that's when Futaba like cooks and like more people eat her food. And they're like, wow, she's really good at cooking. And then Takada's like, yeah, she is. She cooked for me when I was sick. She came over to my place without anyone else around. She's like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Stop. Read the fucking room and shut up. Yeah, read the room, a.k.a. this sprawling field where everyone can hear you voice, you big lug. Stop talking. So, it's a cute show. I really like it. Again, it's unique because it's very, like, it's in an office and you're seeing work relationships and personal relationships sort of spill out from different people, seeing how they navigate. And obviously, you know, it's, it's a, it's a show too. So they over, they over exaggerate things and they like, they make the boss very lighthearted and and kind, which is not something that you see often, or at least think of when you think of a boss. So like he sees who likes whom, like Futaba and Takeda. And there was like one part in an earlier episode where uh, Takeda is supposed to go eat lunch with the boss and the boss is like, Oh, you know what? I have a meeting just happened right now. I got to go take this lunch elsewhere. But you two, you two should go eat. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And she's like, thank you. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how it does go. Cause we're, it's, it's halfway through now. I think that was episode seven. So we're, we're halfway. You need to watch. You need to watch. Toys I know. Me. I know. My girlfriend is, please. My girlfriend's please. watching it right now. I think she, I think she likes it. I feel it. like every show that I really enjoy, your girlfriend will watch. And then it's just like you just never end up watching it. Like this and That's like not true. Toradora and did you watch Oren High School Host Club? No, but she loved it. <laughs> and it was great and you should watch it because you will love that fucking shit. It is hilarious. Listen, I, I, I can't promise you. I can't be like you and watch like two shows this uh, a season and have their co host carry them throughout every podcast we record. You know, some one of us has you know to what? one of us has to watch more than just two shows. Really give I the audience a like diverse four choice. Or five shows. It's just this week mm-hmm. I'm behind. You sassy son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Watching ranking of kings. I'm I watching started that talked. too. I'm watching. You're not special. Oh, did Frank, ya? You're not oh, special anymore. Oh, I'm watching oh, it too. How, oh, you sa- you sassy son of a gun. I, Look at I, you. I, I watching basically, all the shows that I watch because I told you to watch them. I basically wow. started it just except to for the hear ones that response. I actually told you yeah. to watch. <laughs> Listen, that's an older show. I'll watch it I'm when listening. I get to it. All right, we got uh, newer, exciting uh, shows coming out. Like Frank, what did you watch recently? I watched all of Cowboy Bebop. Whoa, my gosh. The but isn't that a Not sh- animated. I was about to, damn it. You didn't let me go out of my segue. Wait, start over. But Boo. Frank, what new okay, show so did you I watch? I watched Cowboy Bebop. Oh, my stars. But isn't that an the older- The non-animated one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying with you anymore. 
talk about your stupid show. Uh, so, yeah. Um, let me clarify this. Let me let me let me go back into the history of histories. Uh, Cowboy Bebop as a anime to me is my favorite anime of all time, past or present, um, and potentially like it's top three, if not my top favorite show of all time. It's a show I can rewatch over and over and over again. It was what got me back into anime back in college because, you know, my buddy was like, hey, you should watch this show, which he told me to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, and that kind of kick-started, okay, what else should I watch? It's like, oh, you should watch um, Lelouch of the Revolution, and I watched Lelouch, and then I watched Cowboy Bebop, and it really, like, it means a special... It's special to me because I finished it right before I turned 22, I think. And it was the show that I watched uh, right after I had previously broken up with a significant other. Which, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, But that was my choice and it was, yeah. Anywho, it was a show that meant a lot to me and then right after that whole ordeal and breakup and I finished watching it for my birthday, my buddy, uh, one of my best friends in college, Garrett, he ended up buying the entire series for me on Blu-ray, which to this day, I actually don't think I own that version of it anymore because I bought the Steelbook version of it. Sorry, Garrett. But um, it means the show itself means a lot to me and the show itself is phenomenal, the anime that is. And if you've never watched it, it's a show that still holds up to this day. The voice acting, both in English and Japanese, is phenomenal. The animation is old, but it's still very, very, very good. Um, there's a bit of comedy in it. There's a lot of action in it. And there are a shit ton of weird moments in it. But by far, the best part about it is its music. The music in it is hands down, bar none, best music in any anime or any TV show really ever. I will listen to the freaking seatbelts on repeat over and over and over again. Which, if you don't know, the seatbelts is the band that they um, formed just specifically for this show. I forget the composer off the top of my head who made all the music for it. Um, but she is a prolific anime composer. And the show itself, to me, means a lot. I love everything about it. So when I first heard that, you know, getting a live action series on Netflix, I was like, oh, dear God, we're getting Death Note 3.0 because God knows that Netflix has done something between now and Death Note and just absolutely butchered it. Like Death Note, if you haven't watched the Netflix Death, Death Note, don't, don't, don't. It doesn't matter if you've seen the anime or not. It's just fucking horrific. I was going to say, don't even watch the anime. It's yeah. I don't mind the anime. I haven't watched the anime. Again, that was one of those ones that it, like I watched kind of getting back into anime. So it was kind of go back and rewatch all the like current classics. Yeah. As I'll call them back in like 2000. Oh, no, not 2011. Probably like 2014, 2015. Like it was like, hey, go back and rewatch some of these like newer ish classics and some of the older classics. And since then, I've, you know put more of the classics under my belt like i think this year i watched trigun for the first time which i have thoughts about that so i won't discuss <laughs> them here um but to me cowboy bebop phenomenal show phenomenal anime 
all around just doesn't matter what aspect you want to talk about like it's amazing yeah the the whole thing is great even even the weird ass fridge episode that has like a slime that like infects everything like it's just weird enough that it works yeah and mushroom samba forever will have one of the best like best soundtracks to an episode and um god i forget the episode where they launch the freaking space the old ass spaceship into space uh to retrieve jet oh my god that whole scene i like i have chills just thinking about it now but the music that goes along with it um it's it's some of the best work of cinema ever yeah so if you've never watched the original show i implore you to go watch it it's on netflix it's it's 26 episodes open closed they have a movie movie's phenomenal well not phenomenal the movie is very good as well especially for like a side story it's like it's canon but like not integral to the main plot of the actual anime but i'm getting off on a side tangent netflix announced that they're making a live action anime or live action adaptation of cowboy bebop and everybody including myself was like oh mother fuck why why are you doing this to us you are going to kill something absolutely sacred to millions of people and then they started little by little just hey here's our cast i hope you like it freaking john cho as spike spiegel uh mustafa i forget his last name mustafa as jet and Daniela, I forget her last name as well, as Faye Valentine. I was like, you know what? They actually fit. They fit the roles. They look the part. I'm okay with this. And then earlier this year, they released screenshots of the costumes. And that's where I was like, okay. They're they're nailing the aesthetic. They've got the costumes down. The characters actually fucking look the part. Like John Cho's hair. Phenomenal. Freaking Mustafa's beard, phenomenal. Faye Valentine, uh, Daniela, while it wasn't as revealing as Faye Valentine in the anime, didn't care. Doesn't have to be. It's a fucking, who cares? If you care about that shit, go fuck off. Like, her costume was great. And then we got the first teaser trailer. And that's when my jaw dropped to the ground and said, holy fuck, I am all in. Because I knew the trailer, it it had nothing to do with the actual show. It's just like, hey, this is the tone we are going for. This is what the characters, how they interact with each other. This is the tone we are going for. This is what we are making Cowboy Bebop, like our Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, yes, I'm 100% in. And immediately after that, they were like, hey, by the way, for those of you who love Cowboy Bebop, this isn't a one-for-one show. This isn't a retelling this is a new rendition of Cowboy Bebop. This is going to be a little different, but it's going to have many of the same main plot points. Knowing all of that information, knowing that it wasn't a one-for-one, knowing that it wasn't just like the same old, same old, and that they were going to mix it up and just do it the way they wanted to do it as what it would be a live action. I went into it just knowing all of that information and expecting just like, okay, I'm going to have a campy good time. The original show's goofy. This looks goofy. It has a lot of action. I'm expecting a lot of action. I can't wait. And then they release all the other trailers for it. And I'm just like, and they have like 
in the teaser trailers for the actual show, they have uh, Pierre the the clown. They have the uh, the Tower of TVs, the brain control group, which I for the life of me cannot remember. They had so many different like little Easter eggs and many of the main villains and side villains throughout episodes that I was just like, okay, so they are going to be retelling Cowboy Bebop in just a new way. How are they going to do that? How are they going to hold me? What are they going to do? And that's when, I mean, the show came out. The show came out on Friday, the 20th, 19th, 19th, 19th. Um, last week, I took Friday off because I was traveling. So Thursday, took my flight, got to where I was going. The, the flight is a different story. It was a four-hour delay. It was a nightmare. Got to where we were going, fell asleep, woke up, didn't have to work, had to be somewhere at around 11.30, but woke up around 8, 8.30. So I was like, yes, I can watch an episode, maybe an episode and a half. So I started the show, and immediately they set a tone that I was not expecting. The tone that they showed is like, hey, like, you've seen the trailers, you see how campy, you see how fun it's going to be. Here's the, here's the show also. It is a brutal world. You are bounty hunters. You are dealing with killing people. You're dealing with people shooting at you. The um, immediate first scene is a hostage situation takeover at a casino in which these people are trying to rob the casino. They're, like, kind of hacking into the database, and they're just bloody dead bodies everywhere. A lot of blood everywhere. And I was just like, oh, okay. They're they're making this not kitty or whatever. They're not making it super campy. They are taking this very seriously. They are setting a tone right off the bat. That's when, you know, they're the main or the villain or the main head of the guy that's of this group is like doing his monologue. And all of a sudden the ele like you kind of see like an elevator. It's like three, two, one, and then just like opens. And there's Spike with headphones on listening to a classic song from the original series. And the guy's like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, me? Like, what What do you mean? I'm just, I'm I'm here. I'm walking. I, I want to place a bet. Flips the coin in the air. Does like a backflip. Just fucking kicks the coin. Hits the guy in the forehead. And just an all-out brawl slash shootout just happens. And you're like, ah, oh, yes. This is great. Freaking... Halfway through this battle, halfway through the shootout, Jet comes crashing through a fucking ceiling. Just like superhero pose, like, I told you to wait for my signal. What the fuck? And then he's like, remember, Spike, you can't kill them all. We need them alive in order to get the bounty. And that's when somebody takes like a pop shot at Jet and Jet just puts like five bullets in him or two bullets in him. Like... The opening scene sets such a good tone because it's like, hey, here's the introduction of the two characters and then straight into the straight into the show, which episode one, it's not a mere copy of episode one of Cowboy Bebop, the anime, but it deals with a lot of the same plot points. It has the two lovers trying to get off the, the planet to live on Mars. They've stolen the red eye. Guys addicted to the red eye or keeps taking the red eye to, you know, try and sell it and just show an example etc but there are minor differences that you're like oh okay this is interesting um and the biggest like difference i think for episode one is that while they're kind of in a not necessarily shootout but they're fighting 
Faye Valentine comes out of nowhere. Or sorry, not when they're fighting. Uh, the the scene where the lover is in the bathroom kind of like, you know, getting over his hangover. Spike is outside talking to the, the woman. And all of a sudden, Faye Valentine comes up and puts a gun to Spike's head. Is like, hey, this is my mark. Back off. And Spike is like, I saw him first. So he's like, him? No, I'm after the girl. And like the girl was some syndicate's like daughter's person. So like immediately, like it, it wasn't one for one to begin with. But they did change it up a little bit. The long of it's short. Every episode is very similar to this in which like they they take a premise of an episode or two, cram it into not cram it into one, put it really well together in one and go from there. Um I think my favorite episode of them all was episode number 7 which was the Londis and the um, brain control kind of uh, episode because instead of Faye kind of getting sucked in there, Spike is the one that's lured in. Like he kind of tries to find Londis and he he gets sucked in. He's like in a complete V or actually, no, sorry. That was the episode before. It is a very good episode. Sorry. The episode seven, which was my favorite, which I just looked it up right now, it's actually Faye's backstory. It's how, like, she, you know how she uh, she receives a VCR or VHS tape or uh, beta tape in the mail, and then they have to go find a beta player, and then whatever. They handle all of that, plus the reveal of, like, hey, like, the handler, the guy, the doctor that, you know, woke her up kind of conned her out of everything they kind of put that all into one episode instead of like two separate things so instead of it being a lover that wakes her up and she falls in love it's actually a woman that cons her and pretends to be her mom and her mom steals uh basically the the only reason she's doing this is because pretending to be the mom she gets all their possessions that was locked away you know with them when they went to cryostasis so i actually I'm, I'm i'll say something potentially controversial i've literally not been able to talk to anybody about this show and i really do because i don't know anybody that's actually finished it i actually like the way they handled Faye's backstory a hell of a lot better in this than the actual anime it was so fucking good because they didn't make it like I, I understand what they did in the original show, and I, I do forever will like that plot point. But to kind of modernize it, instead of having a girl fall for a guy and then, you know, get played and have this whole tragic story, it's girl gets played by not mom, gets everything back, gets a, and like once she gets like her box, she, you know, is presented instead of the beta tape, it's a VHS tape. That's minor spoilers for that episode. I'm very sorry. Um, I won't say what she finds on it. I won't say how she gets to watch the VHS tape because that is, you know, in the original show they do eventually get to. But the way they handled her backstory and the way they handled that whole thing instead of making it kind of like girl falls for guy, it's girl falls for mom. And I really love that difference in uh, or that contrast in story plot points and story beats it it really modernized it in a way that wasn't just kind of 
I don't know. They just really updated, and I really, really love that episode. Um, but I will say, I think it was episode six, though, with the brain control. They they changed the intro song. It's still Tank. It's still Tank, but they changed the instruments up and the keys up and made it a little bit more robotic-y because of the, the, what they were dealing with. And I have to say, I fucking loved it. And I really cannot wait for them to put this OST on Spotify or something. There's an hour-long version on YouTube that I've already listened to, and it doesn't have that specific version of Tank. So I'm really looking forward to it. But um, moral of the story, and I, I know this has been a very long-winded, one-sided conversation. You've been wanting to like poke your microphone to like turn on and unmute. No, and no, just, no. Like, I talking over here. No, I like listening to it because I haven't seen it yet. So I obviously have opinions just as someone who adores the anime. But I'm I like listening to you explain and, and sort of give your take on what you thought of the the live action very in- yeah and very I, intriguing I, i'll just i'll just leave it at this if you're going into it thinking it's a one for one remake of the actual show you're gonna have a fucking bad time if you're going into this show thinking this is a different telling this is a new rendition of cowboy bebop for a I won't say modern age, but mostly modern age. You're going to like it. It's very B, B movie campy. It's telenoeva or, or telenovela uh, esque at times. It, but the one thing I'll say is the acting and the music. They fucking kill it. Like I, I cannot get over Jet's performance in this show. Jet, that character single handedly, like to me, made that show granted they all did a very 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 good job but mustafa the what he brought to jet not only did he look like jet but he actually somewhat sounded like jet and his mannerisms how he treated all the other characters fucking nailed that role he took that role and made it his own it was such a master class in acting uh and i uh, applause to you good sir i know you will never hear this i know you will never listen to this but that performance alone made the show worth it because he he knew the job he knew what he had to do and he he just fucking killed it so if nothing else watch it for for his performance because it's it's fucking great my only comment because again i haven't seen the live action and i do plan on watching it right my only comment as someone who has adored Cowboy Bebop from a young age too. Like I watched it when it was airing on Toonami. Like that's my first introduction to Cowboy Bebop was late night Cartoon Network on Saturdays. And right. I didn't actually watch the entire show from episode one to episode 26 until I think I was in, I might've even been in college. I want to say high school. Like I only got bits and pieces of it, but from an early age, I was like, this show rules. And it is definitely in my top three. It's a fight against Fooly Cooly. But my only comment is I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear, and maybe this is controversial too to many, but I'm glad to hear that it's not a one-to-one remake. Because to be honest, if you want to watch Cowboy Bebop, go watch Cowboy Bebop. Like, don't, don't go into the live. Exactly. Like, I, I'm glad that the live action took a different approach to how they wanted to portray the story. Cause let's face it too, it's 26 episodes, but you've got to like, if you put a, a, a 
the episodes on a on a linear plane and you were like okay here's the start of the main storyline here's the end of the main storyline that it squiggles it's all probably around. like seven or eight episodes it's like yeah. the main plot of actual cow like anime cowboy like bebop 30... is probably eight to eight to nine episodes yeah it's like 30 percent of the well, show yeah well the actual like the live action most like a majority of the episodes are actual like integral to the plot however there are like i mean there are a few episodes that it's just like here's a fun time but like here like in between scenes we're gonna throw in some critical plot like development and building towards the ending 10th episode yeah. which the one comment i'll make about this they left the ending wide open for season two like they took all these plot points ended some of them and then just like busted it wide open for for a season two so i'm really they haven't netflix hasn't greenlit it yet for season two so i really 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 do hope that we do get a season two because they took a huge risk at the end of season one and i really want to know what their thought process is with it and see the, the like final bit of it the final kind of touches to that story because it is it is a risk and it is different from the main show yeah no i i i enjoy that fact i i enjoy the fact that one they left it open too because i feel like it would have done it in injustice to try to fit the entire like the the bit the meats and bones of what makes up copy bebop into 10 episodes granted they are roughly two times as long as the originals episodes are but it would feel very rushed still i mean honestly if they had actually ended it at 10 episodes it really wouldn't have been a bad ending like they could have tied it up in a really good oh yeah not i I mean i in 10 episodes but like they decided hey we want to leave it open because we have more to tell and just left it wide open and changed they changed something major at the end there, so I won't spoil it, but like they took a risk and I really, really want everybody to watch the show so it can get a season two that it deserves. Yeah. I mean I'm excited to so. watch it. I, I think I think I've drowned out the critics enough to not scare me away from it because I, I had oh, seen absolutely I had seen plenty of comments about how it's garbage and the acting is bad and it's just sort of like a travesty and a mockery yeah. of the original and it's i'm like i i know better you, than to trust you gotta form your own opinion well that you gotta form your own opinion that and speaking as one himself like i've learned to trust my instincts rather than trust the thoughts and opinions of other fellow anime people because we are very opinionated very very it's a much toxic so. cesspool basically so I'm, i i do plan to watch it over the holiday break i hope so i'm it's in my watch list yeah. right now i'm i've just got to sit down and prepare myself because knowing me i'll probably try to watch all 10 episodes in a row <laughs> just so that's the one th- it's it's doable and it's not that bad like it says that it's an hour long but most episodes are about 50 minutes to 49 minutes so it's like 10 episodes at 49 minutes a piece like if you have a day where you're absolutely doing nothing watch it yeah it is fun it's campy it is very violent i will just put it out there like it is very violent Yay. a lot of blood 
a lot of headshots, a lot of swords and stabbing and such. Like, it is... Yeah. Also, there are a couple episodes at the very end where it does give, like, a warning of, like, hey, if you're photosensitive, there are some scenes in here that might, you know, you might not do well during. So I would say, warning for the last couple episodes, there are some portions of the episode that are you know sensitive to photosensitive people it's just basically just a bunch of just like memories like flashing all at once and just like changing very quickly that it could you know trigger something so i will say they did a good job at warning you when there was an episode like that but go watch the show i i really really want to talk to somebody about this show i really don't do. worry like i have i'll, I'll get there I've, soon i enough. have friends that have watched like one as little as one episode or a little as none episode no episodes to as many as like three and i'm like hurry up I need somebody i need somebody <laughs> to i need somebody to watch this because <laughs> I, I i can't bottle it up for that much longer i'm gonna go on a twitter rant of just like i think i had like three oh or five tweets today just like this made my year like this show was amazing but um yeah again if you want a one for one go watch the anime if you want a new rendition a new somewhat take to the story you'll you'll enjoy it as long as you know that it's going to be campy it's going to be telenovela-esque at times and that the acting is cheesy like it's it's so good anywho we got to move speaking on speaking of um, shows that are so good yeah my favorite show of the year season 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 because odd taxi is my favorite show of the year um so we i'm again like i said i'm way behind i have not watched any anime shows this week except for comey can't communicate so that is going to be our last right i know (laughs) actually fun fact i think i watched this thursday i think i watched it thursday during like lunchtime but i completely like was kind of like tuning in and out for because i was so tired that i rewatched it today i'm ready to talk about it i'm still in love with this show like this usually the episodes they focus on one new friend and then they move on you know kind of do a few gags etc episode ends this one was hey let's start out with like a kind of a gag part which was fine and then the last like bit was maybe like the last like because they do chapters and chapters are very short if they had like three or, or if they had four or five chapters in this i think chapter three or four was the introduction to the new friend, which was uh, Naka Naka. Yes. Who mm-hmm. is one of my personal favorites in this fucking She's show. basically... In this show... She's basically just the girl yeah. from Love, Chinobi, and Other Delusions. Like, that, that is her. Yep. She has the eye patch. She has the dragon force powers. She's got the gauze on her arm. Separated... Yep. If she's separated from Komi, uh, like, by 10 meters, her Dragon Force powers will go ramp, run rampant and destroy everything. Like, it's great. Her introduction was flawless. And the joke that I don't know was in the actual source material where it's like, ah, my Dragon Force eye is about to, like, it's hurting or it's, like, it's pulsing. I gotta go take care of it. And it's just, like, drag like dra- like in parentheses down below it's like dragon force eye equals pink eye yeah and she's going to the nurse's office like that joke just like yes yes this is great i love it <laughs> but um the introduction of that character was flawless one of my favorite characters in the actual uh source material because they are so ridiculous but like they they're 
I feel like with characters like that, they are they have a bit of pureness and innocence to them because they are just like they want to live in this fantasy world. They don't want to, you know, kind of wake up and look at reality. So like this character to me was just kind of pure and innocent and even in like Comey's quote unquote like radiance that everybody loves. She even it's just kind of like breaks characters like, whoa, ah, like basks in it. So yeah, her character development or not development, but her character introduction was great. Loved it. And then we had gags on gags on gags, which I fucking love about this show. Which do you want to talk about them or do you want me? I'm going to be honest with you because we didn't talk about we didn't have a show last week. I think I'm getting the last two episodes mixed up in my brain. Oh, because there's a lot of stuff that's happened because the beginning of this episode is the continuation of the physical exam. Correct. Where they're actually like doing the outside. It is. It's the uh, not the not the student fair. What is it? Uh, But yeah, basically the athletic portions of it. Yeah. Where they're doing like the the physical like do your sit ups. How far can you how fast can you run the dash stuff like that? And she's facing against, is her name Yadano, I believe? Something like that, yeah. yeah. She basically, like, this character's only relation to Komi is that they're rivals. Or at least Yadano thinks that they're rivals. Komi has no clue. She's kind of oblivious to it. Because it's all in Yadano's head. But she's, like, trying to compete with her, against her, in all these different portions of the physical exam. And she keeps failing and failing and failing. And for the final one, she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to run the 100-meter dash as fast as I can. Screw looking pretty. Screw decency. I'm going to sprint. Cheeks flapping behind me because of the wind speed of the of how fast I'm running. Hair billowing everywhere. super fast. Like, screw it. And she's like, Comey sprints up next to her just looking as gorgeous as ever, and she just stops. And the best part is she, like, <laughs> like superhero rocky style puts her fist up as she's walking away like you win this round comey and comey's just like i don't know uh, what's happening the fuck? what's what's go- what's going on <laughs> and the, i think the narrator ends that that portion of the episode by going uh the competition is over and comey had no idea but they're rivals now <laughs> and comey's just like hmm okay comey has gained a rival yeah so that's the beginning of the episode. Now here's where my brain gets foggy because I know the Nakanaka the Nakanaka stuff that happened at the end. The middle portion is where they go over to Comey's house, right? I believe yes. They, meet... they go to Comey's house. They go to Comey's house. They do Nakan. Uh, it's Comey's house. I can't remember if it's Nakanaka ramen and then the gym class. Or I if it's, I think it's gym class. Then it's Comey's house. No. Gym oh, class gym class is, is, at is the end. after the introduction of Nakanaka because she yeah, yeah. because she okay. uh, partners up with Nakanaka. I got it now. Who's just like, yeah, my brain's back. So yeah, I will say the the going to Comey's house was like very wholesome, very awesome, very funny. Um, basically, Tadano who has been very unproblematic. Thank. Fucking Christ, he hasn't sunk this show. Or you mean Najimi? Sorry. Um, Najimi, sorry, not Nakanaka. Najimi. Najimi is like, hey, Komi, can we come over? And Komi's just like, yes, no, 
yes no yes no yes no yes like <laughs> very like, are we conflicted because she yeah like because she's like i've always wanted to have friends over but like i was very unprepared for this i don't know how to deal with this i've never had friends over fuck and so eventually she says yes and then uh tada or not tada no uh najimi is like hey you two i'm gonna go to the bathroom it's just down the hall on the right right cool thanks bye and then just like stares through the doors like let's see what these two do and they do next to nothing. They don't even talk to each other. And Najimi is like, you guys are the most dull people ever. And then Tadano's like, that was a really long poo. <laughs> Najimi's like, I didn't even go He's to like, the He's like, I was lying. Yeah, Naj- Najimi's like, I was lying about that. <laughs> They're like, they both were just shocked. Like, what? You would lie about that? We got an introduction so, to, to Komi's mom, which that scene was hilarious where they go in. Yes. And, oh, like, I forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah, they go in and like... yes. It, Again, for any of you who's not watching, the way they portray Comey, like, they do it from everyone's perspective, where, like, she's this very tall, slender, very, like, pretty facial features, but then... She almost looks like a teacher, but she's, like, in a student's body. Yeah, but then, like, her... No- I don't even want to say normal side, but, like, the side that Tadano sees, and, like, that they portray when she's being, like, very humble and quiet is like giant eyeballs and like it's not no necessarily mouth. chibi but kind of chibi yeah yeah for the most part um so like her mom shows up when they enter the house and like she's the standard like comey figure like very tall slender pretty facial features and then like she turns kind of goofy and was is like oh my gosh this is the first time she's ever had friends over and she's like i'm comey's mom um but I'm like a teenager on the inside. I'm like doinks her. Or like she's like, oh, forever, husband. forever 17. Yeah, but then she's like, husband, uh, son, come here and see Comey's friends. Oh, wait, they're not home yet. Duh. And like punches her head. And Comey's freaking out, panicking, like, stop, stop, stop. And Tadano Najibi is like, oh, what are we witnessing? <laughs> how do we, how do we process yeah. this? How do we, what do, what, huh, what, huh, what? But yeah, they they do that, and then that kind of like the whole thing of uh, Najimi leaving the room happens, and then at the end, Najimi texts Comey and says, "Thanks for having us over. By the way, I took a picture when nobody was re- nobody realized. Here it is. I won't send it to Tadano." And Comey goes downstairs and asks her mom for a picture frame so she can put this new picture in the picture frame. And her mom's like, "You never ask for anything. Sure, why not? We'll get you a picture that frame. Was super cute. So." It's super wholesome. I love it. It's so cute. It's so adorable. And I don't give a shit if I'm gushing over it. I'm <laughs> going to do it. Gonna. And then it's the show of the fucking season. People get with it or get out of the fucking way. <laughs> and then the next scene is the ramen scene, which basically all you have to know is that Augury goes into like super Saiyan mode when it comes to like finding places to eat and detailing the exact nature of why this is the best place to eat. She is the Google reviewer that has, like, the unknown Google reviewer that reviews every restaurant that just is like, wait, you're them? Yeah. You're that person? You're that infamous person that nobody knows? Which I, so. I'll slightly hint at there's a funny episode. I don't even know if it's going to be in this season where there's a restaurant where basically they think that Comey's that person, but it's really Augury, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful interaction. I didn't want to like bring that up but yeah. yes that that chapter that chapter in the source material is fucking amazing but yeah the the ramen part i 
probably my, not my favorite, but it is like, it's up there for this episode, especially because you have this like ramen shop, you get the ramen etiquette rules, and then you sit down to eat and the ramen boss, who's like this tough, big guy who's like soft-spoken, what do you want? Yeah. (laughs) And Augury knows exactly what to get and Komi, like he asks, and for the lady, and Komi just stares. Just like the Starbucks guy, he's like, he doesn't have an internal monologue, but he's like, he just nods. He's like, understood, and just gives her just like the ramen in the perfect, like, picture esque, like, perfect ramen that anime just knows how to capture. Ugh, it's so good. And, and like, both her and Augury, they both eat their ramen really quickly, like you're supposed to, while leaving Najimi and Tadano kind of just sitting there in awe, like, oh my God. Because they break all the this, rules. This, it's like rule one is don't right. talk, basically. Like don't don't talk. Two is order in a timely fashion. Which, Three is uh, uh I think it's just eat, eat quick and then leave. Eat quickly. And then number four is clean your bowl, basically, and just leave quickly so somebody else can sit yeah, down. They, they and yeah, Tadano and Najimi just fails everything. It's yeah. great. But um basically Komi is like, let's do this again. And Agari is like, yeah. And then Tadano and Najimi are like, yeah, no, never again. We're stuffed. Like, holy shit. What the fuck? <laughs> then it finishes with the narrator it's, coming yeah. in being like, and they ate there the following they week. <laughs> and then they got a craving and went yeah. there the next week. <laughs> then the I then this episode ends with yeah, Nakanaka Naka introduction, which you've already gone over. And then the... And then the gym scene, which is basically just nobody wants to pick Naka Naka and everybody wants to pick Komi. And then all of a sudden Komi comes out of nowhere and like, it's like basically extends a fan, a hand to Naka Naka to be partners in warmups and everybody's jealous and Naka Naka is like, I have a friend. Yeah. And then they become friends and then that's the end of the episode. That's super cute. Kinda. Kinda the end of the episode. They do credits and then they do a post credit scene. Ooh. Oh Yeah. Oh crap! Basically, uh, Komi, Komi, and Komi and Tadano, they are walking home in the rain under one umbrella, <gasps> oh. and then they stop at a, yeah, and then they stop at a store, and Tadano buys an extra umbrella and like a three pack of towels, and gives Komi a towel so they could kind of wipe off. And I forget exactly what he says, but basically the sun shines, and he just kind of has that like embarrassed kind of like well red face kind of bloop. Yeah, the 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 reason why they had to share an umbrella was because Najimi stole his. And so he had like his final, like epiphany moment when they were at the convenience store where he was like, wait, no, did you see Najimi take my umbrella and leave the note? And that's why you waited. Yeah. She was like, yeah, that's what it was. She kind of was like, like before she could like respond, he just screamed. (laughs) He's like, what? Basically, like, Comey is being very nice and or romantically interested. Who knows? Oh, my. Ooh, spoilers than cliffhanger. I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't even gotten to if they are romantically interested or not. So, uh, who knows? Yeah. I'm in, like, the, like, early 200s for chapters. So, we'll see. There's like 320, 330 chapters total of this. I mean, to be fair, though, Comey, like, chapters are anywhere from, like, three pages to the main 19. Like, they, yeah. they, they're they short. They're super short. But, um, yeah, to me, still show the season. It's, they go, so with 
uh, Naka Naka being like a major kind of fantasy dork in their own little world, like, ah, oh, my dragon powers, like, it's gonna be unleashed. Like, they go hard on the animations here with like the pretend powers and like the powering up and everything else. Like, well, they this is a special slice of yeah. life, and I love it. Like, that physical, the, the beginning of the episode, even with the physical exercises when they're doing the, the exam, like, even that part is yes. like. Like with the running scene alone, it's just super intense, like over the top. I will animation. say, yeah, the the running scene is great, but I will say the thing that got me the most, that made me laugh out loud the most, was the ball toss. Like they're going through one <laughs> thing after another after another, <laughs> and before the running scene, she's like, "All right, I've got this. It's a ball toss. They just have to toss a ball as far as she they can." Komi just kind of like throws it in this other girl. I forget Yada. Is it Yada? Yeah, uh, Yada. Yada I think something like that. Um, literally just like the ball sticks to her hand and it just goes straight into the dirt and it's like one meter compared to like 26 <laughs> it was it made me laugh out loud I was like yes this is the this is the lowbrow comedy I want but yep so anywho um, next week uh, I gotta talk to you Tyler as to if we are going to do next week or not just because this is a holiday weekend oh yeah I don't know if I'm gonna have enough time to to really watch much of anything we'll see because hmm. we'll be spending time with our i uh, will be spending time with my significant other's family so i don't know we'll talk we'll see if there's going to be an episode next week if not we'll have a healthy dose uh, double dose basically the uh, week after but um thank you all for joining us this week we hope you had a good time uh you can find us on twitter bakako podcast uh and you can get all of our other links from there so until next time spark triumph we'll see you then even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.